What's up, Grace Life? Why don't you put your hands together? Let's uh, welcome everyone who's here today, who's new. You're a guest with us. Maybe you're online worshiping with us, or maybe you're in the room and it's your first time. Awesome to have you. Now, I was the, the weird looking dude up there in that little announcement video, and now I'm preaching, and it's like, cool, different shirt, same guy. So I am happy to be with you guys this morning. My name is Nate, and I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my story in just a moment, but I wanna first honor Pastor Jimmy and Ramona, these, these guys are amazing. And you know, it's, it's, it's rare to find a pastor who loves people and also pushes the mission forward because sometimes churches can get so much into their little thing that they don't really reach the world. So, and, and it's just really cool to find both of those realities here. So can we give it up for, for Pastor Jimmy and Ramona? And, and uh, now if you... If you don't know who I am, um, if it's your first time here, this is not gonna mean anything to you probably, but if you've been around long enough, then you might know my father. Yeah, 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 right here. There he is. And, and, and my mom too. Uh, she was with him in the first service, but she's not here right now, but I would have said that if she were here. So both of them, um, obviously, if it weren't for them, I would not be standing up here, and you guys know how that works. But there is something so awesome about the fact that um, I used to, for a long time, think, man, I didn't have an exciting life. I was raised in a Christian home, church home, and I didn't get to like do all the crazy stuff. I did do some crazy stuff later. That's not for today. But there, there was this moment where I really was like, man, Lord, I wanna live for you. I don't wanna live for you because my parents live for you. And you know, I used to think that um, living in a Christian home is just kind of boring, and it's just not as exciting as those people that like, you know, they murdered like 20 people and did drugs and had 10 affairs and did all the crazy stuff, traveled the world, and then they get saved. And it's like, I got a testimony now, you know? But you know what, though? I am, as a dad now, and I have a picture of my family. Why don't we put that up? I forgot about that. So as a dad now, uh, this is my wife, Katie. Miles is on the left, Jude, and then Ian. Ian came out looking like Billy Idol with that blonde hair. And uh, I was like, yes, blonde hair. But as a dad of this family, uh, these kids, and having my own house now, it's like there's something about being in an, env in an environment, and I'll be talking about this today, where the word of God is present. And for those of us who have been raised in Christian homes, do not take that for granted. And dads and moms, make that house of yours a house of the word and a house of prayer. We're gonna talk about that today. I really have a simple message. Um, we really take this thing for granted right here, this thing. The title of my message today is simple. The blessing is in the book. The blessing is in the book. And God is bringing you from a house of bondage, even if you were raised in a Christian home, you are a sinner. <laughs> Your parents are like, yes, I agree. Nate, that's true. But we're all, even though our stories are different, we're all being 
transferred from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light if we place our faith in Christ, amen? We are moving from a house of bondage and into a house of blessing. So growing up in my home um, with my dad as a man of the word, uh, I knew it, I heard it, I heard it a lot. In fact, he memorized the entire book of Philippians, y'all. That's what this guy does. I haven't done that yet. I don't know if I will. I would like to, maybe I should. It's, it's, it's um, an amazing book, but it wasn't that he was able to just stand and recite the whole thing. What mattered was in moments as a seventh grader who's going through it. How many of y'all have been in seventh grade? We got a few, maybe down here. I see you guys. Hey, seventh grade was rough. I hated seventh grade. There was a point in my seventh grade career where I um, was just not tuned in to God. In fact, I was caught one time making out with a girl in the back of a movie theater. Yeah. But guess who caught me? My, no, well, not my dad. It's, it's almost as bad. My youth pastor. Yeah. So, so I, was, I was struggling. Um, I, was, I was born again at eight. I said the sinner's prayer, got baptized at 11. And then this, this year was rough in seventh grade. And then when I was about 13, uh, I went on a camping trip with, with dad. And it was on this camping trip, you guys. He pulls out his guitar and he just begins to sing this old Bob Fitz song. How many, where are my church people? Bob Fitz, anybody? No? Okay, dad, dad knows. <laughs> so he starts to like, Father in heaven, how we love you. This totally cheesy song. <laughs> cheesy now, like stylistically speaking. But I'm not, no, no, let me, let me tell you how important that song was, okay? When he started singing the song, it wasn't the song. The Holy Spirit decided to get a hold of young Nate Fancher. I started praying in, in these words I didn't understand. Um, I'm not gonna get into that right now, but it was, it was amazing. And I'm telling you what, when I went back to school, this thing made sense. It came alive. I would like sneak it into my classroom and I'd be like in the middle of an algebra thing and I'd be like, okay, done with that assignment. Let's open the Bible. All right. And it was the message, Eugene Peterson. Love that version. And God got a hold of me. And so my journey now with Jesus over 27 years um, has had his twist and turns. I told you I had a little crazy time because there's this process called sanctification. Once you're born again, it's not like you just got it all together. Once the Holy Spirit gets you, it's not like you're just running through a field of roses, right? You need to change. You need to change. And God justifies you by his grace. The Bible teaches us that. When we are born again, we are righteous because of the, uh, because of the grace of God. We're not earning our righteousness, but there's this process where the righteousness of God is becoming real in our life, and that's called sanctification. So I want you to turn in your Bible to Joshua 1, if you, if you still bring this physical thing to church. If you have your Bible app, you can turn, turn there too. We're gonna look at Joshua 1. As I said, each of us have our own story. Each of us have a journey, twists and turns. But at the end of the day, our life is going to be successful if we are tethered to this. The blessing is in the book. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy, he says, devote yourself to the public hearing of scripture. And the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 4 says, 
the word of God is living and active. This thing is boring when you're dead. But when Jesus comes and makes you alive, this is the most important thing in your life right here. Amen? And that's the beauty of the gospel is he comes and he takes someone who's spiritually dead and this makes zero sense and it's the, you know, doesn't, it's ridiculously archaic. You can't understand it. And then he comes and he somehow gets a hold of your life and he makes it come alive. And the word of God is living and active. So I have a lot of scripture today. And you know, you, you expect that when you're doing a message on the Bible. So, so you guys, let's buckle up. Let's sit on the edge of our seats. I'm gonna read this and then I'm gonna pray, okay? Joshua chapter one, verse eight. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Lord, I ask you to come and breathe life. This is your word, not mine. This is your very breath breathed word. And I ask God that you would just use me today. I pray that you would open our ears as we sit, whether we're at our house, on our couches, driving through our neighborhoods on the car, listening to this online or in this room. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, and all of God's people said. Yeah. Should we do it one more time? Okay. So quick background, God has a story that he's bringing us into. And the first five books of the Bible are called the Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And if you know the story, um, it's pretty exciting what happens to Joseph, who's one of Jacob's sons. Jacob has 12 sons and Joseph is one of his sons. And he ends up having this crazy story. This crazy thing happened to him, ends up in Egypt being sold into slavery by his own brothers. How many of you guys know that story? And Joseph is in Egypt and he ends up, what, is, what happens to Joseph? He ends up getting promoted, right? He goes from like way down here to literally the highest guy in the land underneath Pharaoh. There is no one more... Um, powerful than Joseph, except for Pharaoh in Egypt. Well, the Israelites were so blessed, in fact, after that, that they continued to multiply in number. And then after that generation passes away, what happens is, is there's a new Pharaoh. How many of you guys know the story? Pharaoh ends up, what? Oh, I couldn't hear you. Come on. That's funny. Okay. They're, they're so, they are basically enslaved. And I'm sorry, the participation thing has to happen. Otherwise, I feel like I'm just getting stared at by a bunch of people. So, um, and it's the exact opposite. All of a sudden, they're going from being so prosperous and so blessed to being enslaved, right? And then Moses ends up coming along. God uses Moses and his brother Aaron to set these people free. Now, he does it through 10 plagues. If you remember, 10 plagues, and they're all pretty crazy events. But the 10th plague specifically is the one that really breaks through. It's where the angel of the Lord is passing through and every firstborn male passes away and dies. It's a crazy event. But God tells the Israelites in the land of Goshen to put the blood of the lamb over their doorposts. How many of you guys know this story? Raise your hands. Okay, we're in class today. Good, I like that. So this moment is critical to understand. It's in Exodus 12. This is really a picture of the gospel, by the way. The lamb is who? 
That's right. Good job. And, and this is like really awesome because there's a young man that's in this, in, the, in some home somewhere in the land of Goshen in Egypt who's doing this with his family. His name is Hosea. Hosea is Joshua. Moses changed his name. Pretty awesome how that happened because, um, and, and by the way, this is kind of a nerdy thing, but I think it's cool that in the New Testament, we see Jesus changing Simon's name to Peter and he's the leader of the 12. And who, who leads the 12 tribes into Israel? Joshua, right? So there you go. I like that guy over there. So um, now I wanna read something in Deuteronomy because what happens is you have this young man, Joshua, he has this front row seat. He has an environment that's rich in the word of God. He was right there. He saw all the miracles. He saw that happening. And Moses' right-hand man experiences firsthand all this stuff. And in Deuteronomy 11, this is, I love this. I'm actually gonna read a little bit longer and then we're gonna put this on the screen at the end of this. So let me read this first and then I'm gonna throw this part up on the screen in a moment. Listen to this in Deuteronomy 11, verse 13, uh, 18. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates that your days in the days of your children may be multiplied in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give them as long as the heavens are above the earth. And then look at this, I'm gonna bounce down to verse 26. It's on the screen. See, I am setting before you a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. And the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today. So this book of the law, Joshua 1.8, this is the verse. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So Joshua now, after Moses died, okay, this happened 40 years after they rebelled against the Lord in the wilderness, they wandered around. And here's Joshua. He has heard these types of words. I just read all of that in Deuteronomy. And now God is speaking directly to Joshua. And I want you to know, like, think about this for a second. Joshua is roughly 35, 40 years old when the Egyptians were... Um, you know, going through all that and, and the Israelites left. Okay, he's 35, 40 years old as they're going through the Red Sea. And then there's this rebellion thing that happens. And for 40 more years, uh, they are wandering and they don't see this promised land. So now Joshua is 75 years old, give or take. Now, how many of you in here feel like you're getting older? Anybody? I was talking to someone the other day and, and, and they're like, I'm just getting older and I just feel old. And they're like 22. <laughs> I'm like, but we all feel that. We, we feel this thing called aging. It's happening. But you're not too old. Thank you, dad. You're not too old. The oldest person in this room, I don't know. I'm not gonna call you out. We're not gonna do that. But you're not, I wanna speak to you. You're not too old. It's not too late. 
Joshua's 75 before he goes into the promised land. Now, do you think he was probably a little bit nervous or scared? I imagine so. When he was spying out the land with the 12 spies, this is, uh, I'm not gonna get into all that, but he was with a young man named Caleb. And just the two of those guys, the 10 other spies were like, there's no way we can do this. This is terrible. They're like giants. We're like grasshoppers. They're gonna kill us. And now it's 40 years later. It's the same land they're going into. I wonder if he's kind of dealing with that. Like, why now? Why is, why is it now me? But now God has called him. He's speaking directly to him. And I think we can identify with that with different things we've got going on. How many of you guys in here are facing a giant or two? Yeah, I love you guys. Thank you. I didn't get many hands. I know that's not true. There, every hand in this room should be going up right now. How many of you guys are experiencing a giant or two in your life? Okay. It's amazing what happens when the word gets in us. And so I wanna give us a four-part sequence with the rest of my time with you guys today that is right here in this Joshua 1.8. It's a four-part sequence. It's a step-by-step process that makes this whole thing easy because we make this thing really hard, unfortunately. And let me tell you something. Jesus is a better Christian than you. And Jesus wants to live in you and do it for you. Jesus lives in you. If, if you If you have been born again, Jesus, the spirit of God lives in you. He's a lot better at being a Christian than you are. You can stop trying so hard. And and this four-part sequence is simply about the word. Step one, hear the word. God is speaking directly to Joshua and Joshua 1.1 says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the Lord said to Joshua, the Lord spoke to him. This is probably the first time he's receiving it for himself because he got it from Moses a lot as a kind of secondhand thing. So Joshua is on the edge of his seat. So when we talk about hearing the word, the first thing that comes to mind is environment. We need to be in an environment where the word of God is spoken. And all of you guys are doing great today because you're here. So good job. Online, same for you. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you're hearing the word of God as I go through this today. And the environment matters, but not just checking it off a box and coming to church, you guys. It needs to be in your home. This, this thing right here, I mean, God bless Steve Jobs. I get to listen to the whole Bible like when I'm doing things. You guys do that? Just turn on the Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app, it's in the app store. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. And just putting it in the environment really makes a difference. In fact, um, recently I was putting the, boys down to sleep. And we do different things like stories, little sleep stories, things like that. But um, we started doing the Bible a lot more because they went to sleep a lot faster. <laughs> it's funny, it is. But, but you know, I, I, and, and I thought about it, I was like, is it because it's boring? And I don't think that's true. I think it's because it brought peace in that room. I think that the word of God has power innately. And so when we hear the word in an environment, look what happens. The next thing is, number two, we think the word. It says in Joshua 1.8 right here, you shall meditate on it day and night. As a man thinks, so he is. That's in Proverbs. Look at Psalm 1 verse one. I love 
this. This is the first Psalm. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. He is successful. When we think the word, when we get it in us, in our mind, what happens is, Psalm 119, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against you. The word of God is powerful. Transformation in our minds comes from meditating on the word of God. Transformation in your life has to start with mindset. The way that you think matters. And we are in a process of changing the way that we think by simply being right here. So much of our thoughts are incredibly worldly, very much. And this right here can totally fix that. It's amazing. So um, Romans 12, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewal of your mind. Philippians 4, finally, brothers, whatever is true, honorable, lovely, it goes through all that. What does it say about those things? Think about these things. That's right. When God's word gets in you, I want you to look at what happens. Look at Psalm 19. Psalm 19, verse seven. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Who needs some reviving? Okay. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Who needs to be a little wiser? It's okay, you can raise your hand. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Who wants some happiness? The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And I love this right here. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. It's awesome. The blessing is in the book. Let me give you guys a little practical help here. Memorizing scripture. My dad, he memorized the whole book of Philippians. It is hard work to do an entire book, but you can just start to get little nuggets in you. I'll tell you, one time there was this youth thing. I think it was some trip I went on and, and this lady gets up there and she starts to do this like thing like this, this little, join me, join, join me. Come on, there we go. That's right, Mike, you got this. All right, so I've been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer, okay, we can stop, we can stop. <laughs> The, uh, the, the, the thing is, is music really helps get the word in you. I like to tell people that worship music is take-home theology. And that's why it's so important that we sing the word. But that's a great way to memorize it. So work on memorizing the word. That's a, just a little practical tip for you. What happens then if we are hearing the word and we are thinking the word, number two? Number three, what happens is speak the word. I think it's interesting, you might not see it right at first, but as I was looking at this, it's interesting to me that God said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. What you think about is what you speak about. That's what it says right there. It's not gonna depart from your mouth if you meditate on it. What you think about is what you speak about. When you speak it, you hear it, which starts this whole echo chamber, this whole cycle over and over again. And I like to simply ask myself each day, and I think you can ask the same question, it's helpful. How much am I speaking the word today? 
in conversations with people? And are you able to even bring up scriptures that come to mind based on those conversations? Maybe there's a moment where you're trying to really help somebody at work or I don't know, and you're encouraging someone and and a verse pops in your head. Hey, that's God talking to you. That's what's happening. Say it, say it. Just say, you know what? I feel like the Lord is saying, you know, he said, it says in the Bible that da, 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 da. That is amazing what can happen. And it's not hard when you think about it enough because what we think about a lot is what we speak about a lot. I recently got a hobby that I started doing a lot more of. It's called playing chess. Um, It's this app on my phone and it's a great way to kind of get clear in my thoughts and just kind of think, I don't know, that's just me. But, um, and, and what happens is funny, like when I've played too much, I kind of see it in my head, like that girl in that Netflix show that I can't recommend to you. Um, but the, yeah, the, the, the chess pieces are in my mind. So like whatever is in your mind, it literally, it, it becomes your life and you think about it. So, um, so I had to slow down on some of the chess game playing, but look at this in Luke 6, 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. We've heard that before, right? From the the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And here's what's so cool. When you speak, so when you hear the word, it's easier to think about the word. When you're thinking more and more about the word, it's easier to speak more and more the word, which ends up being number four, do the word. Doing the word becomes the natural outflow of your life when it is all up inside you. That was funny. All right. All up inside you. Okay. So do the word. Look at this. Joshua 1.8, so that you may be able to do. You cannot do this without being in it. That's the point. Your thoughts are, 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 are spoken. As you speak, you create your life. Your words are manifested into your reality every day. Whatever you continuously speak about turns into the life that you actually live. And so when you've been hearing the word, meditating on it and speaking it regularly, doing the word becomes just a natural outflow. But here's another thing about doing it that's so cool, okay? When you do it, you understand it better. Uh, an example is just in life. When you take action on anything, you, you know it better. So I used to read a lot of business books. Um, I own and operate a business. And I used to read a lot of business books, leadership books. And I used to think, oh, business, I got this. I'm ready. And uh, for those of you who, are, who own and operate a business, and maybe you went to business school, you know exactly what I'm about to say. You don't know until you start a business that you don't know anything about a business. Because reality, you can't just get something out of a textbook. Another example is parenting. I used to, I used to be such a great parent when I didn't have kids. <laughs> I would see other kids and I'd look at their parents and I'd be like, you could do this so much better if, if you knew what was, you know, the way to do this thing. I had a whole international like parenting ministry before I had kids. I was ready to go. Not really at all. That, that's a joke. Um, and because, because then I had kids and I realized, no, I don't know anything about this thing. Knowing something is not the same as doing it and understanding it. So look at this in Psalm 119. I have more understanding than my elders. 
because I obey your precepts. That's interesting, isn't it? Look at John 8, 31. This is the message. I love the way the message puts it. If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will know, I'm sorry, then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will free you. So we talk about, you know, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, when we just like do a lot of Bible study and this is a Bible message. I'm all about Bible study. Don't get me wrong. But that's not what this verse is saying. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free when you obey God. That's what that said. And I saw this, I saw this recently. I, did, I grew up with that verse and I saw this recently. It just struck me. It says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Look at 1 John 2, 5. Whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Your walk will be so much deeper, so much deeper with the Lord if you just live out what it says because you'll, you'll, you'll have experiential knowledge. There's something that happens. Why? Because the blessing is right here. Another example for this is when you share your faith with someone. How many of you guys have experienced that? If for those of you who've been walking with the Lord and you share your faith with someone who doesn't know doesn't know God, and there's something that happens in your heart. Have you guys ever experienced that when you share your faith with somebody? It's like you grow in God. Isn't that cool? That's this principle working itself out. You can listen to all kinds of sermons and podcasts all the time. They might that might make you feel good, but I want you to um, listen to this verse. This is. Very sobering. James 1, 22. This is not on the screen, but I wanna read it. So if it helps you to close your eyes um, and just listen to this, um, listen to this. But be doers of the word. This is James 1, 22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So we hear the word, get in an environment. It's really simple. Show up to places like small groups, life groups, if you haven't joined a life group yet, that is the way to really experience community. Don't just check it off a box, please. I'm glad you're here. I really am. I'm glad you're watching online, being with us today. You're in an environment, but meditate on it. Think about it. Do whatever you can to be filling your mind with it and, and then you'll speak it. Speak it over your kids. Speak it into your home. Speak it in those situations because when you do, the word of God is living and active and it'll come out into the environment where you are and those people who hear it will get to experience this same blessing, amen? And then when we live it out and we act it out. And I wanna just land the plane with a couple of thoughts for you guys. You still might be like thinking, Nate, I just find it so hard to read the Bible. You might look at something in the Old Testament and it's like, I have no clue where to start. This is overwhelming. People are like, doing all kinds of crazy stuff that doesn't make any sense to my modern brain. I mean, I get that. I would suggest this. Look at Psalm 119. This entire Psalm is the longest Psalm in the book of Psalms. And Psalm 119 
is really a prayer. When you pray the word, that's where the Holy Spirit wants to come and change your life. And I haven't talked a whole lot about this, but I did in the beginning a little bit. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit wants to come and fill you with himself. If you have not experienced what I experienced that day when I went camping, if you can't point back to a moment where the Holy Spirit got a hold of your life, I wanna pray for you this morning that you would experience that. If not today, as soon as this week, just getting around an environment where the word is being sung or something and, and, and the Holy Spirit just comes. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God. The Holy Spirit loves this thing. This will come alive to you when the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes you with fire. That's what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit's gonna come and baptize you. He said that to his disciples. Look at Psalm 119. I love this. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. In other words, when God puts it in your heart, it's so much easier. In other words, God is a whole lot better at being a Christian than you are. And it's the Holy Spirit when he comes in your life and fills you and possesses you that makes this come alive and then you begin to walk it out. And it's exciting at that point. Your life changes, it transforms. Yes, every question you have about your life, the answer is in here. Every problem that you are facing, the answer is right here. If we would look for it, it's a treasure. But it's so much more than just, you know, a, a, a book of principles and lists and things. This is where God's presence is. And Jesus who died on the cross in our place made it possible for, for us to experience connection to God the Father through the gospel, through the Holy Spirit. And guess who is the word of God? He is the word who became flesh. And he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. It's not just about this. Because he said to the Pharisees, look, you look through here thinking you're gonna find the answer. And that's, that might sound like a contradiction to what I'm saying, it's not. What did he say? He said, you may look through here thinking you're gonna find the answer, but the answer was me, he said to the Pharisees. You guys know that verse that I'm talking about? My Christians in the room, my church kids. Too often we try to get through the Bible instead of letting the Bible get through to us. So I wanna pray for us. If you're a skeptic and you're like, man, the Bible has so many errors and problems. I understand that. In fact, I, I went through a real crisis of faith on my, own, on my own, where I really was struggling with some things. And if, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for the environment that I grew up in and that I was in, if I wasn't tethered to the word and the Holy Spirit was in me, I probably would have renounced my faith, to be honest with you. But it, it, this right here kept me. And a dad who kept speaking the word over me. Dads in the room, do not stop this. Pick it up. Moms, same thing. If you're a skeptic though, I get it. So we have a great series that we did here a few months back called The Bible, a wonderful title, The Bible. Six messages about how this thing has stood the test of time, how all of those ridiculous arguments against this thing are so, so ignorant. 
and how the enemy is after this thing because he knows that once this gets in you, it changes everything. Amen. Who wants more of, of, of God just changing everything in their life? I know I do. So I'm gonna pray for us and I, and I want you to just receive this prayer. If you need some excitement, if you need some passion for the word again, if it's been dry, I wanna specifically pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for this time we've had together and for looking at just these amazing promises in your word and Lord, you have all the answers we need. Everything is in this, God. Your word holds everything together. I pray that you would just come and ignite a fire in our hearts today. Every person in this room, every person who's online, who is within the sound of my voice, I ask you, God, to come and put a fire in our hearts, a passion for your word, to dig in, to dive in, to, to, to return to that first love knowing you, Jesus, being on fire for the Son of God and seeing it actually change our life in our day-to-day. In Jesus' name. And if you'll stay with me just in this moment of prayer, I wanna pray for anyone who has not yet submitted their life to the King, Jesus. Because I'm telling you, knowing God is what you were created for. If you'll just pray after me, just repeat these words in a prayer similar to this. You're ready, you're getting ready to start the most exciting thing, the thing that you were created for. Father, I thank you that you died for me. Jesus, I now wanna live for you. You died in my place. I don't deserve this, but you loved me anyway. And now you call me righteous by simply believing in that. And I pray that you would fill me with your spirit and give me a love for you. And I wanna follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we celebrate with those guys? Awesome.